Hey everybody, welcome back to another Photog Adventures podcast. I'm Aaron King. I'm Brennan Porter. With families and day jobs, we know it's hard to find time to get out there with your camera. So Brendan and I joined together and made the commitment to go out consistently and build up our landscape and astrophotography portfolios. We live in Utah and are lucky to have so many beautiful landscapes all around us. Not only do we have five national parks right here in Utah, but we are only a day or less drive away from 30 other national parks. So we created PhotogAdventures.com, this podcast, and our YouTube channel to chronicle our adventures. Come along with us to amazing places and learn from our mistakes and our successes. We hope that you will get out there too and have a photog adventure of your own. It's episode 87. Thanks guys for joining us yet again on a live podcast. Brett and I got together for two podcasts in a row with Royce Bear and then Ian Norman. I did a live stream. And so we've just had all of this equipment right here with us. And when we got together today to record tomorrow's podcast, we thought, should we just go live? It's already here. Right? Yeah. And you guys didn't seem to mind. We have seven of you here right now joining us. We have Olaf. We have Josh. We have Rob. We have Dean. We have Mark. Mark has joined us again. Hey, Mark, man. Mark's out in Australia, so it's probably not a terrible time. Let's see. What time is it out there in Australia? I asked Siri, like, the longest question ever. It's like, out there? And, like, well, pardon Australia. It's a big difference in Perth. Canberra is not where he's at. What is the time in Perth, Australia? Australia. Hey. It's 2.28 a.m. Mark, you should go to oh, bed, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like me, night owl. Good job. Yeah. No kidding. I plan most of our Ian Norman podcasts like midnight with Ian, so mm. it seems like all of us are the same. Milky Way photographers don't like to sleep. No. Oh, no way. Olaf Olsen is joining Olaf us Olsen. right now from the Faroe Islands. Oh. How do you know Olaf. about us, Olaf. Olaf. Olaf is a fantastic photographer from the Faroe Islands. Oh, you know, you know him, James. I know Olaf. Oh, yeah, he's awesome. he's been he's been my kind of first guide for showing me a few locations in the Faroe. So, you know, he's he's definitely uh, Olaf. You know, hijack link your page in the comments so people can see your work. So, yeah, dude, great photographer <laughs> in the Faroes. Yeah. Push yourself, nice. Olaf, because we want to see it, because we are so excited to get out there in September and try and get some good shots. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh man. Okay. Are we going to see Olaf when we're out there? I mean, it's not like Faroe Islands. I think is... we will. You Probably. Th- oh, awesome. Yeah. I think we will. Sweet. I think that will happen. We get to meet you, Olaf, in a couple months, man. Let's see. How many days exactly? If we go over to our workshop oh, page for it. 47 and Ooh, 47 and 11 hours. See that, James? 47 hours. 47 days and 11 hours. 47 hours. 47 days. It's going to go by quick. (laughs) Yeah, it is. It's going to be really quick. So welcome to the podcast, guys. We are live, and we're going to talk about a few topics today, but we're going to start off hearing about what everyone is doing new. What's new with you, Brendan? Well, uh, last week I broke my tripod falling off a stupid uh, (laughs) three-foot you know, bridge made out of tree trunks. That's crossing a little stream. <laughs> Three feet fall, and that's what did it. So what I did is I actually had my my my. So you know how it was a three column tripod. So I had my yeah. top column pulled out, my little ones tucked in. So the legs that, have three sections. Yeah, the legs have three sections. My my top section, which is the fatter section, was pulled out. So it was only half like half the length of the whole tripod, right? And I was just walking with that because it's kind of easier to balance than when it's all tucked and compact. Oh, okay, yeah. And I so that all the time. Yeah, and so I was carrying like that. I fell over, got my butt wet, and apparently every single one of those three legs bent the metal at the joint. Every single one got bent. Yeah, and this is like a heavy. This is like a heavy duty yeah, Manfrotto tripod. <laughs> and then the the next day when I tried to like rebend it, I actually broke one of the aluminum clamps that go around the actual. Even tri- one of the clamps went down. Yeah. So I I was in the market for a new tripod. 
was? Is that past tense? It's past tense now because I, I got an even Ooh. beefier tripod. <laughs> what? <laughs> that what weighs even more. It weighs like a pound more. I don't know why. I don't know what the heck I was Is thinking. that what you're taking to Faroe Islands? No, no. I'm going fi- to get something much more compact for that and light, oh, okay. lightweight because there's no way I'm bringing this thing. This thing's a monster. <laughs> and so it's, a, it's, a, it's an older, um, not Targus, it's um, Vanguard. It's an older Vanguard okay. model. Has a has uh, plastic clamps. But uh, but man, the tubes are a bit thicker, and uh, and it's 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 heavy duty, man. It's it's ready to Is go. Is Vanguard so. the one that Dan has? Yeah, that has the extra like telescoping center column that leans off to the yeah, right. Yeah, he's got a newer version. This is still an older version. It's almost the same circuit model as like mine. Okay. But it was just but they but they wanted to compete with uh, you know Manfrotto, so they they made it a bit chunkier and it's definitely nice. noticeably bigger. So sweet. Trying it out now. Welcome, welcome to the nether world of heavy tripods. Well, I don't know why you getting a workout every time I use that thing. So, <laughs> if you yeah. guys have seen Brendan try and hold the camera for our YouTube videos, I don't believe that you're getting those workouts. I'm getting them now. My legs are like so worked <laughs> out from the other day. So yeah. All right. It's all good. Well, we're joining today with James Kelly. James Kelly, Photog Adventures, member number three, Photog Adventures UK. He is the owner of the Photographer's Crack podcast and. What's new with you, man? Not much. Just uh, working away. Working away. Um, just come back from the Faroe Islands. Not spent much. ten days. My uh, my darling and beautiful fiance and two lovely kids have been up there for almost seven weeks. So oh. she's visiting her family. Um, so I went up just in between um, kind of weddings. We had actually had a wedding up there. We had a wedding in the Faroe Islands, so we flew up for that as well. So just got back last week from that, and just just. But apart from editing, video editing, wedding editing, it's just been literally glued. Sorry, my timer's going off. Glued to my uh, my done. computer screen. <laughs> yeah, no. Uh, actually, it's a, a reminder to go for a run, which is uh, yeah, not happening wait. now. Go <laughs> no, talk adventures, <laughs> ruining people's goals. <laughs> so yeah, so that's my life's just been consumed. I'm, you know, the, the summer months here are um, are usually not the best for doing landscape photography. You know, with with the kind of uh, really really late. Um, sunsets and early sunrises so it's my busy wedding season so but I am gearing up for for the autumn for the winter and for the spring so uh, to my right I have a huge big wall calendar for the two years for 2018 and 19 and it's got all my planning locations where I'm going there's a certain something in there for November as well that's just been put in so that's (laughs) exciting so and then yeah planning my workshops for next year so that's that's uh, yeah. So that's it. Just trying to get that and and just uh, in between all the wedding editing, just just kind of planning for landscape as much landscape. It's 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 difficult because like during the summer seasons, because you know I do thirty weddings a year, that and that really funds my my landscape you know mm-hmm. adventures really. You know doing these weddings and it brings in the income and all this sort of stuff. Um, right. So like during the, the summer season, I actually really just almost completely shut off and I become a wedding photographer. And then towards the end of September, when things start to get quiet again, I then switch to the landscape photographer. You know, so that's that's been uh, doing that. I'm also planning a lot of um, photo shoots where I'm incorporating my landscape and my weddings into one. So I'm inviting couples to go up to amazing, dramatic locations, and where I'm allowed to do my landscape photography, but literally plonking a, a bride in her dress. And then uh, a groom with his kilt on or the tartan trues or something like that, you know, in the middle of this landscape and taking these these epic pictures. 
so uh, there's a lot of planning for that as well so you gotta kind of incorporate the two and keeps me motivated and energized really sounds awesome yeah it seriously does i'm gonna have to pull up one of those pictures i seen one recently where you had a couple on the edge of a cliff right or maybe that was not <laughs> you no that was you right no, yeah there yeah i had one up in the Faroe islands from the fjord so we had a wedding mm-hmm. um earlier this month up there and the the weather was terrible the weather was really miserable but the, the couples up there are, are the brides are of a different breed they're they're hardier they're hardier i'm sorry you gay couples but they, they are they're hardier they they don't care if it's raining they don't care if it's windy you know the hairdressers you know anticipate that it's going to be windy so the hair is solid you know it's not going to go flying and awesome. um, we'd just been taking uh, pictures at a place called um lane of atom which is a very very beautiful lake um and then it's got a big mountain which we will visit on the workshop Nice. And um, it was really dull there. It was very grey. Couldn't really see the mountain. So I th- we jumped in the back of their car. I, we took our car and we drove up the mountain road, which takes you back to the the capital Torsham, which is where again, when on the workshop, we will be exploring a lot. And the idea was hopefully the the cloud is going to be low that we can get really above the cloud and get some amazing shots from from where they've got the big um, radar station. But again, it was too thick. And the annoying thing was, as I'm driving up this road, they've put all these new side barriers along the road to basically stop people crashing and falling off the cliff. So there was nowhere to stop or, you know, we can't really expect a bride in her dress to jump over these these, uh, barriers. So eventually we found a kind of a a nook, a a break through the car into the side and then um, got the couple out. And I was just like, guys, you have to trust me. I know it's blowing a gale. It's really windy. It's wet. It's (laughs) muddy. But you have to trust me. And we took them out and Iris was helping me. And um, yeah, we had like a five minute window where the clouds just cleared and you look down into the valley. Um, you had the the town Kudlafir. I'm sure it was Kudlafir at the bottom, which was actually where exactly. they got married. Um, totally know what you're talking about. <laughs> there's two places, Kudlafir and Fridlafir. And I keep getting the two mixed up. I think it's Kudlafir. Um, Olaf might be able to actually uh, correct that for me. And then... Yeah, it just opened up for five minutes, and and that was it. We got we got these shots and soaking wet, and there's a little bit of video on my Facebook page from it as well. It was it was pretty epic. So uh, that's what I'm nice. talking about. I really want to incorporate these amazing landscapes and these couples, you know, and and it makes it makes wedding photography a little bit more interesting. Oh man, I'm trying to pull up right now your awesome Facebook page to see some of these pictures and share it with everybody because uh, the what you're describing sounds amazing. So you have a video of it even because we're live. And so when we do a live recording of the podcast, those of you guys joining us, you get different experiences than what everyone else gets. So let me pull you guys up here on James's Facebook. This will not be in the podcast, obviously, but there's a video right here at the top. Uh, let me try it, James. Let's see if that's the right one. Yeah, go for it. I'm not locked in as me. Can I please just see James's know. content? It is James's page. So be the wedding. Yeah, the wedding page. You got it? Yeah. Got some music that we probably don't have rights to. If you click on videos to if you click on videos to left hand side, and then that will uh, that should bring it up. And it's the second video. So the first video we're playing, we actually see no, you no. bringing a wedding dress that's, down. Yeah, that's me photographing a wedding. But there should be another video. I can get you a link to it. I got one of you dancing behind the scenes of a wedding. <laughs> Probably that happens. smashed. Let me see okay. if I can get this Going link. through James's page videos are just wedding behind the scenes stuff. 
So, okay, I got one with you and a couple out there in the Faroes, it looks like. A quick video from yesterday's wedding location here in the Faroe Islands in Trondsgagelfler. No, that's it. I've just sent you a link to it, so you should be able to get it now, so... Okay. It should be... The, well, that's, that's actually... That was in the Faroe Islands last year, so again, that was oh, another okay. location. It was just amazing to see these big mountains. So this is in the South Island, um, Suroy. That's nice. got to be amazing. Okay, let me pull it up on another page while you guys are talking. So, James, when you're doing wedding photography out there, are people from the Faroes or are they out there anywhere in the UK and they decide to travel to the Faroes to get their photos there? So majority of my couples in the Faroes are from the Faroe Islands. We've built up a, a really great reputation and, and business now in, in the Faroes. Um, we, we are very limited to what we can do for visas and tax and all that sort of stuff. Okay. But we are, um, because we're building up this reputation and I have started doing a little bit more marketing, I am getting a lot more inquiries for um, elopements. So nice. people from, we actually did one at the start of the year where we had this amazing couple from Canada had come over um, and they've basically been searching YouTube and they found a song by this artist. Um, oh, it's gone out of my head now. I'll come back. And they found the research where she came from because they loved the song. And they're like, right, we're going to go and get married at the Pharaohs. So they contacted us. We were straight on the ball. We, we, we organized everything for them, picked them up and just took them around the whole of the Pharaohs and this amazing landscape and did all their pictures in January. So it was not warm. They were in the water. It was freezing cold. Mm. Um, so yeah, so we are getting inquiries for elopements. My biggest issue though with, with weddings is where I'm based in Scotland, I book up, I'm usually fully booked about two years in advance for weddings. Wow. So I know, yeah, so I shoot 30 weddings a year and I can I can be fully booked within within two years, no problem. Yeah, there's a video, so you got the village wow. down below. Cool, let's go pull up that video right now. Hey, Je hey Jeff, and I got to point out to Brendan's story, Mark Beeksmith says he just broke his tripod. <laughs> and he's not the other Australian listener that I was trying to remember. I think it was Ed. No, not Ed. Oh, sorry, is Eugene? Ooh, I'm not pulling it up right now, but he was from Waruna, just south of Perth. And Mark is actually over there in um, Sydney. So it's only 4.30 in the morning. He's just getting ready for mm, work. Wow. He's not up mm. late. He's just enjoying work. All so. I can say is if you're going out there and if you break a tripod, then you're probably doing something right. <laughs> Doing right? something right. <laughs> you're doing something right with your photography. If you break a tripod, that means you're out there. You're actually seriously out there making it happen, right? Making it happen. Hey, Jeff Peterson. Jeff Peterson joined us today. Awesome. Jeff's Let's... probably broken a few tripods. He can probably tell us. I don't know. Jeff's pretty good with his equipment. He just has 700 you know, versions of tripods. You need to get a good tripod. I guarantee he's broken get, two. Get yourself two. get so. Dang, James. I mean, this is freaking fantastic. Are we going to be in this area for our Faroe Islands workshop? Yes, we are. Oh, man, that oh that's too short awesome. of a video. Yeah, I don't want to random, Yeah, it's quite short, but it's, it's <laughs> to give you an idea of how windy it was. It was pretty wet, <laughs> yeah. organizing the couple. And there's wow. that strong, sturdy bride from uh, UK. That's not. Uh, like no, no, no. She was, she was from the Faroe Islands. So you're saying she's stronger than the brides over in the UK? Yeah, not the hardy, the, yeah. hardy. No, the hardy, no, no. So we. Yeah, no, we've got a good, we've got a good fairies uh, reputation up there, so we do a lot of weddings up there. So nice. the downside is they book their weddings six months in advance. So, you know, they're very lucky if they if you know if they get us. Mm. You know, it's it's um, and we tend to have gaps. We are now deliberately putting gaps in my diary for fairies weddings because they're amazing. They're eighteen hours long. You know, they're not exactly, yeah, uh, you know, we're, well, we're, we're there for 18 hours taking taking wedding pictures. And in wow. the UK, you're normally there for what, about, you know, eight hours, nine hours for a lot of people. Yeah. So, um, yeah, we're, That's we're, a long we're day it's eight pretty intense. Yeah. Oof. So, geez, no kidding. 
caffeine, my friends, caffeine, lots of <laughs> yeah, caffeine. Yeah, I bet. Sebastian Parison has joined us, and he says he's at work. He shouldn't be here, but just wanted to take a look. <laughs> Glad we were attempting enough, man. Pull you away. You guys can always come back to this after the fact. So it's true. New with me, just came back from a family reunion, taught my niece and nephews last night about the Milky Way and what's going on with Antares and the row of Fuki up there. Showed them how to find planets in the southern sky, seeing, you know, in this ecliptic right here, you can see Jupiter, Venus, Mars, and Saturn, and it was just fun to do. Got me excited to get out there again, and Brennan was just mentioning, we haven't had a Milky Way in July yet. No, we haven't. We're recovering from last month, yeah. and I just let the new moon just come and go, and I didn't do anything. And so I'm thinking, okay, I was looking last night at photo pills. I'm like, okay, we got one day. You know, one day left at one this day, point? Uh, the very last day of this month on the 31st, Ooh, we can go moon. out and we have one hour to get a Milky Way. So we've got to drive out somewhere okay, and have one hour to get the Milky Way. And then we can call it. We got July. We, we, so. Yeah. Those of you are MilkyWayPhotographers.com. You guys have seen the achievements and you guys are getting stickers being made right now. Uh, Milky Way, get your July Milky Way. And if you haven't gotten it already and you're in our same, you know, latitude area in the, in this area, Northern hemisphere, you have one day. To see the Milky Way core without the Because I know the, the moon. moon's in the way too much. Yeah, the moon's totally in the way until the, about the 30th, 31st. Oh, man. Okay. You might have like a half an hour on the 30th and an hour on the 31st. Gotcha. Right off. Rough, roughly. I'm going to get out there. So let's yeah. go ahead and begin. No broken tripod sense. I. Oh, I think Jeff's comments missed me cut out. No broken tripod sense. Oh, he's since bragging. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. No. <laughs> I know he had broken tripods before his current one, but right. I'm sure since he bought his really right stuff stuff. So the full yeah. comment from Jeff Peterson is no broken tripod since I went with really right stuff. So he's having a fantastic time. And James is giving us a Facebook link that's covering his page on Skype. <laughs> I guess the comment that you shared popped up on Skype and covered your face for a moment. That was kind of, that <laughs> so, was weird. Olaf yeah. Olsen says, from the Faroe Islands, if you guys are just joining us now, Olaf is actually a friend of James. Found out about this through James, I imagine, just going live right now. And he says, lots of good locations around that area where we were showing the video. It's really close to where the wedding couple was shot. So, awesome. yeah, this shot right here was just an area that for the Faroe Islands workshop we're going to be. And there's a couple of great locations for photography mm. out here. I mean, that's just so epic. Yeah, it's just, the whole place is it. The whole place is epic. I mean, yeah. I like. In one hand, it's like it drives me nuts because it's such an amazing location. I mean, I've never been anywhere li like it. It's it's so unique. But you know, you kind of want to keep it to yourself. Like, you don't <laughs> it's, really it's not wanna, working. Like, no, it's 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 not yeah. working. I think every major big photographer now has has been to the Faroe Islands. You know, or um, going, yeah. But it's like it's it's like I I get I get a little bit like protective. No, it's my islands. Mine. No, I don't want to go. I, yeah. If, well, if every photographer goes through that, right? <laughs> well, yeah. we're, we're working. We're working on a business for for you know when we move we move up there in a couple of years time and and um you know we're toying with the idea of of whether it's possible for me to be a full time landscape photographer up there doing tours, guides, workshops, elopement weddings. Probably. Um, there's there's not enough work up there to be a full time photographer do, just doing weddings right. like I do here in the oh. UK. So, um, so we're just kind of putting the plans together now to see if it's possible. And, and you know, the tourism is getting busy. There, there is a lot of people coming. You know, especially flights to Iceland. You know, and then Iceland down to the Faroes, or like you guys are going to be doing, going to Edinburgh, then Edinburgh to the Faroes. It's it's very possible. Um, it's getting busy, but I don't think it'll ever get too. Well, I hope it doesn't get too busy. I think the mm. the, the the Faroes will learn a lot from 
what's happened in Iceland. I think they're very close to Iceland. They're very connected with Iceland. They will learn from a lot of Iceland's mistakes. So, for instance, right. you know, there's a lot of locations you, you go to. You now have to have a guide. Okay, so you need to organize a guide. They have to take you because it's becoming dangerous. And also it's becoming, you know, oversaturated with too many people. I know when I came back, they were I think they were averaging like two or three cruise liners were coming in a day, you know, and staying for a couple of days. So there's buses all over the place. And, you know, they're, um, one of the locations, Saxon, which is a very, very beautiful and popular place, you know, the farmer is, uh, is shooting drones now because people he's are flying actually their shooting drones. at the he's drones actually shooting, yeah he's shooting the drones <laughs> down and the reason for this is when you come into saxon it's such an amazing location that it's um it's got really high cliffs and of course there's sheep everywhere you know this it's a, mm. it's a good bit of their income comes from sheep or the food source comes from sheep and people are flying their drones and they're flying them close to the sheep and of course the sheep get scared and where do the sheep go off the cliff oh no way yeah, so that's happening. It's scaring them. It's killing them. And there's a lot. And it's just also just that's the, an the, issue. The, that's an issue. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. What you know. A you know. If you, tragedy. If you imagine you have a you have a farm, you know, and you just all of a sudden start getting all these really annoying tourists who are coming up and looking in your window because there's nothing's fenced in. You know, he's never they had just to have come anything. up to the window. Yeah, people are coming right up to the window, oh, and, and, and you know, especially <laughs> tourists from a certain region of the world, which I won't name, this one particular kind. Um, and then they're, they're going up to the window. You know, they're, they're, they're people are using like the bathroom in his garden, like like no. going to the bathroom, like all these sort of things. So Ooh, people are just not using common sense, and they're not being respectful. What's and, wrong and this with Californians? Kind of... I don't get it. How could they do that? <laughs> <laughs> no, the other side of the world. Oh, but, gotcha. Uh, <laughs> no, but it is. So it's 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 becoming more and more difficult, and there's a lot of the locations where you will go to visit. They've they've built pathways. They're putting signs up. They're putting ropes because people are falling off the cliffs. You that know, they're going insane. when it's thick thick fog, wow. and they don't realize it's cliffs. And you've got some of the highest cliffs in Europe. I so right. I... you know, it's a bit silly. So you, if you if anyone's going out there, guy, you know, listen, use your common sense. Don't be stupid. Be respectful. You know, because if not, you're gonna ruin it for everybody. That's right. what's no kidding. Right. Exactly. Happened with Iceland, you know. I think it's perfect to point out right now that this timing of what's going to happen in Faroe Islands is going to cause things to change, fences to be built, things are going to yeah. look different. So now is the time to go, and yeah. let's just bring car it up. Rental, car <laughs> rental prices going up. You know, Ooh. food, hotel rental prices are going up. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, it's already a very expensive place to go. You know, and this is one of the great things about the workshop is we will take care of of everything. You know, right? But um, yeah, it's becoming very, very. Yeah, we we just hired a car, and it, it costs us a third more than what it used to. So Yikes. yeah, and and the say accommodations filling up fast. So. Right. Yeah, have you seen the show uh, The Secret Life of Mitty? That no, I haven't. No, he goes no, I to Nuuk, um, not Ta- Iceland, um, Greenland. He goes to Greenland, yeah. Oh, yeah. and then yeah. he gets there for the airport, and he's like, I want to rent a car. Do you have any? He goes, yeah, we have two. Yeah. You have a green yeah. one and a red one, or a blue one and a red one. <laughs> Which one do you want? Is it uh, that bad in Faroe Islands where you have like 10 options, or are we just talking expensive? No, there's, there's there's a few different options of cars. So you've got really small kind of cars um, to, to big SUVs and, and all this sort of stuff. Sweet. So, yeah, no, there's a lot of roads. There's a lot of roads in the Faroes, and they're, they're, they're wide roads. So, um, nice. yeah, no, there's plenty of options. But I say we'll take care of all that. So it's, it's you know, be easy. But, yeah, that, that place, uh, is it Newkin, Greenland? The little, little village that has, like, 14 kilometers of roads. Mm. Um, we've actually got 
family uh, we've got uh, one of iris's friends and her husband just moved there so they've invited us over yes i'm keeping good contact with them so greenland is on the the list so james let's talk a little bit about the faroe islands workshop because we might as well mention it now i pulled up the page so we can do this eventually we have 47 days until it happens we have slots available if you guys want to come and hang out with us what can people expect from faroe islands james you just barely came back from there we know the weather's crazy but what do you want to mention right now to get people excited about jumping in last minute and joining us you're going to visit a location that is not popular as it will be i think you know in the next in the next two years it's going to be a very very different place you know oh, i think that's true. probably the best way to describe it. it's gonna be very very different it's gonna be right now you know they use a slogan of being unique and um, undiscovered mm-hmm. and that's it that is it. even with like tourism increasing by you know 27 percent every year it's still very undiscovered one of the things about my workshop or sorry our workshop that we're going to be doing is we're going to visit a number of the the usual locations that everyone goes to, okay? Mm-hmm. But I'm also going to take you to places that other people don't go to. Because what's happening is most of the people who are running workshops in the Faroe Islands, they've been a couple of times, they've looked on the map, they've gone to the usual locations, they've taken lots of pictures, they've edited them the same complete style as everyone else. Let's, don't get me started ranting on that. <laughs> um, <laughs> and and what's happening is is these locations, like anywhere in the world, they've just become oversaturated and people get really bored of it. And they, you know, for me, I, I will go to a location that's been photographed each of the time, but very rarely will I actually share the photograph. I want it for me and, and that's it, you know? Mm-hmm. So my plan is with our workshop is we're going to go, go to these locations, but we're also going to be going to very unique locations, places that you wouldn't go unless someone who has spent a lot of time there has knows where to go, you know? Right. Um, so that's, that's what's going to be happening with that. Um, it's just a great place. You know, I know the, the locals are amazing and, you know, we, you know, there's only 50,000 people in the Faroes. I've already got a pretty good reputation up there. You know, we're in with a lot of the, the companies up there. So it makes things easier, hotels, car rental, nice. shops, etc. Um, but it's just also when you, when you go on a workshop with someone who knows the land and, and knows the area and can, you know, you can't predict the weather. The weather is very unique. It's, it's, changes every 20 minutes you know you know we say in scotland that you get the four seasons in one day in the pharaohs you'll get them in one hour mm. you know so and the other thing as well is with our workshop we're going to have a schedule so we, we do have a schedule on the website and um, we're going to update that in the next uh, week or so there's gonna be a few changes made to that okay cool but what's going to happen is most people will do a workshop a schedule to the pharaohs and they'll stick that one location you can't do that in the pharaohs you can plan one location the night before and wake up in the morning and it's going to be in thick fog that wasn't on the the weather radar because Mm. you don't go by the weather radar you go to location right this is rubbish but i think if we go north east south these different locations that's going to work so we've got access to to a really really good um weather system that, that keeps us updated and it you know, we do a lot of photo shoots up there, so we have to know what the weather is going to be like if we need to rearrange photo shoots, different locations and stuff like that. And I'm going to treat the workshop the same. So if we, it looks like in the morning that Saxon, well, you know, let's say Kutlafir, uh, not Kutlafir, sorry, um, Chichiba, which is a lovely place with this big church. If it's going to be wet and miserable, the good chances is if we go north or if we go west or east, it's going to be a lot nicer than what the south is. Nice. So that's going to be it. Um, we're just going to have a blast. It's going to be eat amazing food. 
you know be outdoors you're going to experience fresh air like you've probably never experienced before um the the coastal towns as well the beaches the waves the cliffs the sea life the bird life wait. everything is absolutely amazing <laughs> yeah. um so yeah i'm very lucky i mean i've been going up there for almost six years now you know and and um, this is actually this year's been the least amount of time i've spent there in one year and i think i've only been up there three four weeks already this year so uh last wow. year we spent 16 weeks in the pharaohs so uh yeah it's it's gonna be a blast it really is and i'm looking there's there's a few things happening with the ferry so they've got the south island suroy which is where we were originally planning on going and um, there's been a few issues with accommodation down there it's getting very limited except unless you're doing airbnb um oh. but i'm looking right now at the ferry times that are about to change but there's a good chance that we're going to be going down to the South Island for one day and we're going to be exploring the South Island and you'll get to see some villages that no other workshop would take you down there because Ooh. it is very unique. So we're going to go down there for one day, yeah. uh, get get this ferry down in the morning and we'll get the last ferry at night. Um, and we're going to we're going to explore the whole island and you'll get to see some some pretty epic locations that that, that is my second home, you know. Awesome. We're so stoked. I mean, we can't even say how stoked we are because it just doesn't come out with words. No. And we don't really know what we're in for. I mean, you I look know. at the picture behind us, and that's Faroe Islands. Right. It's so brilliant. Yes. We've got the fog cover, the cloud cover, covering everything except for this peak. It's just a different world, and I can't wait. And you drive up that location, you know. It's not going to drive. Yeah, there's no hiking in that, you know, that you're going to drive that location, you know. So, you know, a lot of the locations that we are going to go to, um, some will involve a walk, you know, some will involve a hike. Um, we're not going to do anything like going up to the high, highest mountain or anything like that. So there's going to be nothing major. Mm -hmm. What we might do is if there's people who are quite keen to go a little bit more exploring to a higher location or a different location, then we can split up and we can do that and then we can work something around that way. But... Um, Oh, yeah, it's, it's endless opportunities. It really is. And if you wow. guys are thinking, I want to get out there with some of my favorite photographers, go on workshops and do that next year, the year after, that's awesome. Let's go now, though, before it gets crazy. You guys before got a chance. It too much, yeah. 47 days from now, Faroe Islands is still undiscovered. So be mm -hmm. one of the first photographers and join us and join James. I mean, we've got an awesome guide who knows the oh, area, yeah. and we have lots of slots available. We want you guys to come with us because it's going to be bigger blast, bigger fun if you guys come out there with us. We have a good group coming already, and I'm sure that they're stoked if they can be the absolute only ones there. But uh, <laughs> we're going to pile on because this is going to be a fun trip, and let's not like keep it secret for only like six of us to go on. Let's get more. So if you guys want to come join us, check out the website. Go to photogadventures.com and go forward slash adventures, and you will see us in there. Um, let me just show you guys the page on the screen because I have the luxury of doing that in the Facebook Live. But you just go over to photogadventures.com, and I'm on the page right now, so i got to find my mouse. Oh, goodness, where did it go? <laughs> yeah, go? Okay, on the page, you will see the site Adventures, and there's a couple adventures out there right now. You can go to Goblin Valley with us for four nights and Escalante two nights. Escalante two night one's almost closed. We're going to have to close up that workshop, so if you want to join us for that two night one, here's your last opportunity over the next couple weeks because August is almost here, guys. Come on mm -hmm. out. Come down to Faroe Islands. Click on that, and you have a chance here to see the itinerary. James just mentioned the itinerary will change a little bit, mm -hmm. but this trip is 2,228 to get out there, have all your accommodations covered. We have breakfast and 
packed lunches included and evening meals are included. And then we have everything from learning about doing your workshop editing for your photo photograph. I'm sorry, your photographic editing, do post-processing with us, as well as other things Definitely. that you can learn from just James' composition tips, landscape tips. You saw yeah, James in the video so just awesome. now. Yeah, it, it really Goodness. freaking yeah. is. And I just can't wait to get out there, man. I just uh, It just blows my mind that you decided to include us and then ever since then you've become Photog Adventures UK. It's just this this marriage of James Kelly and Photog <laughs> Adventures is a hundred percent the right choice. <laughs> definitely, definitely. I think I think it's worth mentioning the price. Um because you know we sat down, we we, we talked about the price and you know there's loads of people do workshops up there. If you type into Google and type in Fair Island's workshop, you know, and you get an abundance of people who who have done it. Now very few people have had the experience and the time that I spent in the Faroe Islands. There's very few. Right. There's only a couple of photographers, right. quite a few Norwegian, German photographers, a couple of Danish photographers. Um, you know, they are they've been there a few times. They can they can get cars over ferry stuff, but very few of them have spent the time that I spent photographing the fairs. And the fact that it's two thousand two hundred twenty eight dollars, you know, it is. I, I refuse to work. I'm not using the word. It's realistic. There we go. That's the <laughs> price I'm going to use. It's a realistic price because some of them, I've seen $6,000 for one workshop for five days. That's less you know, days. And it's, to me, there's a fine line between, you know, you know, obviously a company got to make a profit, et cetera, but there's ripping people off, you know, and we want people mm. to come. We want people to experience the, the you know, the fair islands. We want them to come back, you yeah. know, whether it's with us in another workshop or come back on their own and they can contact me and we can give advice and stuff like that. But yeah, it's the same with my own workshops. I've got my own workshop to my own company. And, you know, for, for me, there's people who are who are just charging extortionate prices. And I just refuse to do that. And I think you need to be realistic and affordable for so that everyone can come and enjoy it. And for what we're doing now, you know, for hotels are not cheap in the Faroes. Car rentals not cheap in the Faroes. Um, you know, so it, that adds to the price, you know, compared to a lot of other places. Um, you know, I think I think a hotel is about three times the price as it is here in Scotland. Mm. You know, Yikes. so that that incorporates a lot of the price because it is it's a Nordic country. They have high taxes. You know, it's cheap to get out there. But when you're out there and if anyone's been to Iceland, they will know firsthand how expensive Iceland is. Hmm. You know, the pharaohs are very, very similar, you know, but. Mm they got high tax bracket and that's that's the way they live and we have to respect it and cool. work around it well awesome before i jump out of this segment is there anything you want to add to it brendan no i mean i that's i'm so excited to go that i just can't yeah speechless I can't bear it it's just so <laughs> only have I'm to bear so it for 47 days in fact yeah. we don't have to bear it that long because we're gonna fly out there a few days early to hang yeah. out with james and so our trip and adventure begins like 43 days from now yeah <laughs> I'm really, really excited for that. <sighs> Just hang on that for a moment. Yeah. So awesome. <laughs> so, Jay and, you know, anyone that's coming, you know, you have to pack for all weather because even if it's right. chucking down with rain, uh, it is going to get wet. I'm actually looking at getting, um, you know, anyone who's got it, the Peak Design, you know, they got their, is it their, their camera covers peak, by Peak Design. They're absolutely fantastic, but I'm looking to get um, get a few of them so we can give them to people who who have cameras that are not maybe as weather sealed as, as gotcha. maybe ours is. Okay. So uh, that's definitely something I recommend bringing, something to keep your camera dry because it We've does get wet out there. Peak design ones, you know, yeah. try out. But just remember this, anyone who's worried about the weather, if it rains, rain means waterfalls. And when I mean, I mean not as big as the waterfalls as you might get in Iceland, but more. 
and they're everywhere mm. and and oh it's it's <laughs> just phenomenal it really is Oh, that's nice. freaking epic. Okay, so thanks for joining us for this segment, guys, for our Photog Adventures going out to Feral Islands. We had a chance to talk to James. James, do you think you have time to hang out with us for the next segment real quick? Have we come back after this break? Yeah, that should be no problem at all. No problem at all? You're pushing back your podcast? Yeah, I'll just go and tell the guys now. Okay, you tell the guys <laughs> during our break. We'll come back after this break. We'll talk about uh, James' podcast real quickly so you guys know where to find it. And then we're going to talk about a topic that, let's just say the metaphor is piano piano just come back for that <laughs> welcome back to the photog adventures podcast everybody we have with us again for this segment james kelly photog adventures uk hey james how's it going how's it going Long puts time on to his speak. sexy voice <laughs> <laughs> if only i was a girl ever james <laughs> well, what do you mean it's the first time it's ever been said have you not talked have you ever spoken to a woman from america because it would be said immediately <laughs> oh i love your accent <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm I'm not Scottish enough to get that kind of reply. No, really, You're not no. Scottish no, enough. I'm not. I don't have a clear. I don't, especially from where I come from. I sound nothing like where I come from. <laughs> uh, they have a local dialect called Doric, and it's uh, it's quite strong. And I don't sound like I've grown up in the the area all my life. So yeah, a lot of people think I'm Australian or Irish. It's it's. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> there's no chance that he's Scottish. He'd be and much Scottish, more attractive. And Scottish think I'm English, so uh, <laughs> the Scots yeah, think you're English. <laughs> well, stand up. You're on live feed. Aren't you wearing a kilt right now? <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm not. My my kilt's not here. Sadly, so I do have whiskey above me, though. That's uh, <laughs> that's that's for later. Right? Yeah. That's like one out of two right there. Accent and whiskey. You're Scottish. <laughs> so <laughs> we want to mention that Photog Adventures UK. James Kelly has his own podcast that he hosts with Ross Kershaw. Kershaw? Kershaw? Eagle Sham. Ross Eagle Sham. Oh, that's Ross his name Eagle on Facebook. Yeah. yeah. That's his other name on Facebook. Yeah. Eagle Sham. Like, yeah, Ross Eagle Sham. Some sort of like, like symbolic metaphor for the Eagle failure of democracy in America. Oh. Eagle Sham. <laughs> <laughs> oh, let's not get started on that. <laughs> no, it's not. Please, no. No politics here. Not from an outsider. <laughs> <laughs> but from his site, if you've ever seen this podcast, you don't know what you're getting into because it has a word that any American English speaker would be like, what is a craic? But that's photographer's crack. Mm-hmm. And explain the photographer's crack while I thumb through some of your guys' recent podcast episodes. A crack, the crack, what's a crack, is very much a, an Irish kind of uh, word. Uh, Ross, who is my co-host, is actually from from Ireland, um, but it's, it is also used in Scotland. But basically, crack is like, what's a chat? How are you doing? What's a crack? What's been up? So basically, it's a, um, a podcast. It was originally called something else. We rebranded it. And it's just me and Ross really talking about all things photography, what's been happening in our photography world. Um, Ross is a, what we call a weekend warrior, part-time photographer, full-time teacher. And I'm the full-time photographer, landscapes, weddings, both of us. Um and we get just get guests on and we talk about all things photography. So we had a fantastic episode um, talking about the Northern Lights uh, with mm -hmm. Alistair Hamill, who's a, a, another Irish photographer, a very, very talented um, photographer. And his Northern Lights are amazing. But he's also a geography teacher. So the man is clued up and everything. <laughs> and we talk about the four-year blackout that's related to the Northern Lights and something that happens every 100 years. So we're about to come into a bit of a blackout for, for the next four years for the Northern Lights. You're really? not going to see them as strong as you would. And it's all to do with, the I believe, it's all to do with the rotation of the Earth and the sun. 
And then once every 100 years, we get like an extreme blackout, which we are coming into now. And the last time we had that, we had freak weather. So right now, the whole northern hemisphere, especially UK, is going through a, a major heat wave, which is unheard of really oh. in, in Scotland, especially. Mm, that's too bad. Um, and the last time that we had this major blackout 100 years ago, the Thames down in London completely froze over, which is also unheard of. Really? So it's very interesting that, that the, the rotation of the, the sun, rotation of the earth, everything like that has an effect on our weather. So we talk about that in a little bit more detail in our podcast. That's the one with um, with Ross Hamill. Very cool. Um, we talk about and we're going to be getting them back on to go into more depth very yeah. soon. Wow. And you guys got to think about it this way too, that the sun has these cycles of putting off the um, solar flares right. and every 11 years it goes from one cycle to being really high to being really, really low. So it's in it's on its way towards its lull in solar flare activity where it'll have an 11-year cycle that'll come back to its highs. And we just came back from a high and we're going into a lull. So we're going to have you know another decade of really, really bad you know, not just less, interesting, less. less you need to go really mm. far north to get something. You need yeah. to head right up almost into the Arctic Circle. You know, Iceland's still going to get it. Um, you know, in parts of Canada, a lot, they'll they'll get it. But you really need to go the further north, the better. But the fact that we had some in southern Utah last year was mind-blowing. Right. Mind-blowing to me. KP8 yeah. or 7 or something that yeah. happened. It's nuts. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. So let's go into the topic. This is a topic that Brent and I have been talking about as we've been driving last month doing the June 23 nights of Milky Way photography, and we wanted to talk about it with you guys here. So the seven of you who are on with us live and ditching your work or focusing on just hanging out with us while you do something else, we want your feedback. So pop in here every once in a while. But let's, let me set it up for a couple minutes, then I'm going to bring you and Brendan and bring you guys in on this. Thanks for moving that mouse cursor so that doesn't show on the video. So... The piano. We hear photographers talk about this all the time, and they're doing something right. It's absolutely right to say, hey, get out there and find your own version of this shot. You don't want mm. to just have a shot of Horseshoe Bend like everyone else's shot. You go also to that famous little arch in Utah called Delicate Arch, and now you've got your version. Or do you really want to wake up early and just join the hordes that are getting what is exactly the same shot out there at Mesa Arch? And you talk a lot mm. about getting your own, getting your own and recently one of my favorite photographers had recommended that people just avoid getting the same shot and that you're not learning as much almost implying that you're not learning as much if you do that eventually like you could start out that way but then there's this kind of trading card game that happens with photography images mm -hmm. where it's like I've gone there and I've got that shot now I've gone there and I've got my own version of that shot now and almost implied that it was a negative but I think we need to settle down about that being a negative, especially with most of us as photographers who aren't going on 23 crazy straight nights of Milky Way photography, who aren't nuts <laughs> and doing other things or trying to do it professionally. There's ways to enjoy your hobby. And mm. the reason why I brought the piano in metaphor is because as Brendan and I were driving, who were we with? You remember who we were with? I think it was Kirk. We were talking with Kirk Kais, right? Yeah. Yeah. Kirk Kais, another member of Photog Adventures. And we were with him and we were talking. And I thought, here's a good metaphor for it, guys. People learn the piano. And when you learn the piano, how many people who know how to play the piano actually write their own music? 
the piano keys. There's only so many keys on a piano and only so many people actually write their own music. And no one looks at someone who's sitting there playing a beautiful classical piece and they're just this amazing pianist who's just classically trained and pulling off an awesome Liszt song, Campanella, one of my favorite songs in the world. I don't go, man, that person sucks because you're just playing a song someone else wrote, man. Just Play your own, your own music. Song. Yeah, you're not writing your own songs. <laughs> not writing your own songs. Yeah. People don't start piano playing and then play it for a little while of other people's pieces, and then they are forced to write their own songs or they suck. You know, just the attitude of your photography needs to be perfectly creative of your own creation and unique in order for you to enjoy it as a hobby. People who learn to play the piano, they sometimes never write their own song and they play other people's awesome songs over and over to one, get a chance to sound awesome on the piano, experience what that song is. They love that song. And I think people need to remember with photography that they might love a shot and they can go out there like that one piano song they love and practice playing it, getting that shot and making it look awesome. You know, there's a great shot that Jeff Peterson who's on here with us that has in Dead Horse Point with these clouds. And I want to mm. imitate that shot. Not because I'm a you know, poor creative idiot who just wants to mimic and copycat because I have no creative thought of my own. But because he had a master shot, and I want to play that piano shot, man. I want to play that piano, get those clouds down there in that inversion, and have it going through all of Dead Horse Point just like he has because, man, it's that, beautiful. it brings something out, an emotion in me, and I want mm -hmm. that too. And I'm not less creative for that fact. I'm just – there's only so many places in the world we can do photography, guys. There's only so many ways we can take composition rules this way or that way. And it's just like a piano piece. Eventually, you just kind of have all the same settings and all the same options to work with and we're just playing it only a little bit different and you know it's okay to practice it's okay to play for all your life with other people's compositions and it's okay to go completely crazy and make up your own songs right i mean this is what part of photography is so great is that you can when you first start out you can you know hone in on the masters that you've that you admire and follow their you know their their vision Right, yeah. to a certain point, and then you want to start branching out on your own, great, but you don't necessarily have to. Right, there's know? some people who might never. Yeah, and I love finding new locations. I love finding new spots, and uh, I, I like being different. I don't like always getting the same iconic places, but I, at the same time, I do. And I, I do, <laughs> I have always wanted a Mesa Arch shot ever since I saw Mesa Arch. <laughs> right. I wanted my own, and so now I have that. But does that mean I stop going back there? No, I'm probably going to go back two or three more times before... I'm done with that place, right. you know? You look at James' shot behind us, the one of this area in the Faroe Islands, and right. I want that shot. Right. It'll look exactly the same. I might even put the mountain the on the same third. It won't be exactly the same. It'd be right. hard. But you can compose it the same, and that's the thing. Mm -hmm. is you can learn you know, your composition and your settings from other people that you, that you admire, but then you're totally free to go out and do yeah. crazy, wacky, weird stuff all day long. You know, take your IR filter off your camera and actually do, you know, infrared photography <laughs> and, and all kinds not? of crazy stuff, you know. So, yeah, that's what's so great is like we all have the same basic equipment, right? Like everybody has the same 88 keys. They all have the same piano, mm -hmm. same instrument. But yet some people can go crazy and write their own songs and do really crazy, awesome stuff with it. Or they can do really simple songs that are also just as pleasant. Or like my mom that teaches piano, she doesn't write her own music. She never has. She's not interested in writing her own music. She has to practice if she's going to play something new, but she teaches and she's been teaching for years. And should she decades. stop that hobby because she hasn't written her own music? No. And it's not even a hobby. It's actually a business for her. That's oh, her income. Even more so. Yeah. 
So what do you think, James? Have you ever had any thoughts about this from one side or the other? And feel free to disagree with us, too, because we've got lots of people on here who might Politics agree with you. Politics of photography is now. Well, not that. Not really this is friends. <laughs> I'm, um, I'm a little bit Jekyll and Hyde. Uh-oh. We don't want okay. you to get out of here. <laughs> so <laughs> what I have – yeah, so I, I – one thing I would say, first of all, and this is to anyone who is doing photography, who's new to photography, or, or just anyone in photography, who do you take pictures for? yourself right exactly should be so yeah screw anyone else it doesn't matter <laughs> basically you take pictures for you and you only and if you like it that's all that matters it could be the worst picture it's ever taken but if you like it that's all that matters so if you want to visit a location that you've been to time and time again to practice it's all about practice you know you you have it we we have it with um with with many things in Scotland, there's lots of locations. Um, it's very strong in the wedding industry as well. You know, you go to a venue that you photograph five or six times in a year. There's only so many places you can go and take pictures. You know, right. you need to make it. You need to try and make it unique. What I do say is very much like you say that about practice and practice and practice and pictures and pictures and pictures. And if you return to the same location time and time again, or locations that are really really popular, the chances of your picture being the exact same as someone else's is very slim unless you are literally right next to each other on the same day at the same time with Which the same we filter, kind of end up doing setting. a lot <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah that, that does happen you know but you know it's it's very very rare that that happens so you know in in, in one in one mind for the for the, the hobbyist for the amateur photographer for the so, the person who just does it for the pleasure of and the fun then who cares if heaps of people being to those locations the downside is when you get that one location and you rock up to it and there's like 50 other photographers, mm. it's a little that's what's right? sad. Yeah. You know, that's what's really, really sad. And I've had that. I've gone to some locations expecting there to be loads and loads of photographers and there hasn't. And when I haven't expected it and there has been lots of photographers. So <laughs> you do, you do have that issue where, you know, you've got all these photographers taking the same picture for me that just, I would walk away. I wouldn't take the picture. I'd walk away. If I went somewhere and saw loads of people, uh, which actually I had it once at um, Ellen Donnan Castle um, just before you come into the Isle of Skye, and I rocked up, and there was three workshops on by three different photographers at the same time, and they're all photographing this castle on this loch with his mountains behind, and they've all got their wide-angle lenses. They're all taking pictures. And I, I sat there. I sat there for about 10, 15 minutes, had a wee coffee, looked at what everyone was doing, and I noticed that everyone has a wide-angle lens on. So I set, set my tripod up and I put my 70 to 200 on, you know, and I completely cut out the castle and I concentrated <laughs> on the mountains. And you could see people look at me going, why has he got that lens on? Why is he not shooting one? I had no interest in the castle whatsoever, but the mountains behind were, were, were epic, mm. you know. So what to do is when you start visiting locations that are very, very popular, get that shot, get that traditional shot. So you've got it in a bag, you've got it in a portfolio. And then what to do is put your camera away. All right, take, put the tripod away, sit there for 10, 15 minutes and just soak up the environment and think to yourself, how can I do this differently? Mm -hmm. How can I shoot this composition completely differently? Do I change my lenses? Do I change my ratio? Do I move, you know, 30 yards down down the, the path? Do I go a mile down the path? Find another way to photograph it. Get the one in the bag that's traditional like everyone else, but then go and find your own take on it. And even if you revisit the same location time and time again, if you do that, get your traditional shot and then try and find something unique, then you never know what you're going to come out with. And it's 
it's about pushing the boundaries of your own creativity. And this is what happens. People get stuck in a rut. They get stuck in doing the same thing time and time again. They, you know, when you go to uh, research a, a location, people go on to Google, they go on to 500px, they look at all the pictures everyone else has taken from the same location, and you're already mapping in your head and visualizing in your head what you're going to do. Don't do that. Go to a location and don't look at the picture. So, you know, if I'm going to, say, somewhere in America, I'm not going to go, and I know I'm going to this one particular location, I'm not going to go and look at what everyone else has done because I know that's going to obscure my my view. Right. It's the same with, with, with a wedding venue. If I go to a wedding venue that I've never photographed before, I'm not going to look at pictures, what every other photographer done, because that's going to now kind of set my mind in a path of, oh, well, I've seen this picture here that looks really good, but that's what loads of other people have done. So do that but then i also think that when you get to a certain level in your photography and your creativity start exploring your own locations pick up a map never been here before i wonder what it's like don't look at pictures just drive just drive (laughs) walk you never know what you're going to get explore photography especially landscape photography it's not always about the picture it's about the adventure right absolutely yeah, yeah, you know, you might not get the picture. Who cares? But you're on that adventure. You never know what's going to happen. It's about the experience. It's about the adventure. And for me, it's about the stories because I like to talk. So, <laughs> And for me, I just found two two hikes that are local that I have never been to. I took my family to two different um, trails mm-hmm. that I found through a little bit of research, Google Maps. I mean, I stock places like crazy on Google Earth, right? <laughs> right. And I'm, then I'm rechecking with my phone to make sure I can get there with directions, you know. And then I'll go back to Google Earth and, and then do the 3D view and actually see, okay, if it's a canyon, how are things laid out and uh, best path and all that stuff. And so um, I'd never been up Mount Olympus, which is a very popular hike hmm. um, in my area. But most people have to get up at like 4 in the morning and start because it's brutal to go in the afternoon. So... I'm never awake at that time. I'm usually going to sleep at that time. So um, I'll have to flip things around one of these days and actually go on that. But then there's several other, like there's there's lots of canyons in my area that I can, that are literally 10, 20 minute drive. And I love finding new little places. And I love going to places where there's not a soul around. And I'm like, how does nobody know about this place? This is awesome. <laughs> so yeah, I love I love that now because I've always liked mm. the discovery and the, and the challenge of finding new places. Absolutely. We have a couple comments from Facebook that I want to pull up. And Justine Vincent, another one of our photographer adventures, he's all part of Photog Adventures as an admin and on the team. And he's been working with us for two years now on it. And he says the same thing that James does. If I go to an iconic location, I'll always get the iconic shot and then look for unique shots. And everyone Perfect. who's played an instrument, you know that you get the guitar, you get the piano, and you're learning, even on my bass clarinet. I learned how to do it correctly. I learned what the masters were teaching me, but I always liked riffing, you know, a little riff off yeah. of this theme, this melody. I'd add another note or I pull in a different, you know, mm-hmm. kind of just jamming with my buddies and riff off of that. And that was a skill and a talent. You guys, as photographers, riff, riff on compositions, riff on iconic shots, and just find, like James, a completely different, cool thing to focus on, even though you're in mm-hmm. a location that is iconic. And don't right. feel the shame. That's the important part. I just want no one who's a hobbyist to feel like, you know what? I made it to this location and I can't find something new. This was a waste to come to Horseshoe mm. Bend. No, don't. Enjoy Horseshoe Bend. Love it. Get that shot that you've loved, but make it yours that you printed and put on 
on your wall. And hop down a couple rocks and go along the, the cliff and get well, some other not angles. Not a horseshoe you bend. Know. Horseshoe bend will kill people. But if you go over to Dead, <laughs> Dead Horse Point, so Brendan does find a place that he can get there lack safely. Lack of common sense kills people. <laughs> yeah, lack of common sense. And yeah, I mean, if I'm on a cliff, I mean, I'm making sure there's a good 20 feet between me and the edge. But, you know. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. But go out there and explore a little bit and go in some different locations. And it's amazing because we have literally been eight inches apart, eight inches apart. Our cameras and everything. He had a slightly different angle, wide angle lens than mine. And we got almost like they weren't identical shots. They were actually different. He got a better composition with that one at the Milky Way where the rocks and the Milky Way was parallel with a tree. You were able to pull that tree off the rocks in a great silhouette from your angle next to me, literally touching my feet, standing on my foot. Yeah, our tripods were crossing, you know. Yeah, Yeah. still got a better composition than I did just by being those inches different. It's crazy, yeah. We also got a comment here from Steve Dunthorne, and I'm going to butcher something from the <laughs> chat. Now, can you read, James, the chat? Are you seeing it on one of your screens there? Because there yeah, is. Yeah, yeah. If you see Steve Dunthorne's comment, I'm going to let you read it so you can read that location Steve, well. Steve, Steve's a very uh, a good landscape friend of mine, actually, based in Scotland, oh, awesome. until he left me and moved further south. But that's a different story. <laughs> Was it your so fault? So as he says, there's lots of <laughs> there's lots of locations in Scotland which uh, that are an old hat and that are well photographed. But for me, it's about getting out where I've not been before. I went to Buchlan Etiv Moor. Whoa. So the Moor is not the Buchlan Etiv Moor. Um, James will pronounce his Barrett. Yep. And <laughs> <laughs> there were footprints everywhere. And I initially uh, left disappointed. This is very true. So uh, Buchlan Etiv Moor, when, when I did my Glencoe video for you guys, um, yeah. big mountain that I was photogra- photographing, that's um, the Buchlan Etiv. It's a very, very, it's probably the most photographed location in scotland oh wow. and it's this amazing road that you drive to it's but like an hour and a half away from glasgow so it's very accessible very wild but literally the landscape all around it has been destroyed because of mm. photographers and you can go there i think almost you know if you went there on a saturday morning every year you're probably going to around about 20 30 photographers somewhere in the area there's an iconic house at the bottom um white rock house i think it's or something rock i can't remember what it's called anyway very very um, iconic house that sits at the bottom of the, the mountain and that's what everyone's photographing there's a waterfall around it as well everyone's photographing it so mm-hmm. what's happening is on one hand we're saying you know get out there and explore but if you think how accessible photography is and how many people now are out there taking pictures if you have everyone going off the beaten track you're going to start damaging the locations. You're going to get mm. people falling off cliffs, breaking bones, getting attacked by deer, whatever. You know what I mean? Right. It's, you know, <laughs> all snakes, whatever, because you're going off that beaten path. And this is this is this is where my other side of my head. I'm like, you know what? Just 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 don't do photography. You know, leave it up to the, the professionals. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, no, not at all. <clears throat> but that that's what it's all about. So you, it's, it's also a point of respecting you know mother nature respecting the land and i'm a big big point of that and not damaging a location um so it's 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 very difficult um that location is is heavily photographed i know when i did my video there was there was like eight or nine or ten other photographers that were all around as well so yeah so there's a crazy sound going in the background that you guys probably can't hear, but it sounds like someone's 
incredibly powerful bass. I think so. Yeah, I thought maybe we're getting some weird feedback, but I think someone's got some crazy sound system in their car, (laughs) literally vibrating. I'm like hearing it in my headphones. I'm like shaking the walls. I hear hear nothing. Oh, good. Okay, good. That's good. Then that's not coming through on the podcast. Because it's coming through here, and I'm like, I'm like, what? (laughs) So Steve adds to his comment that he initially felt disappointed, but he's like, you know, I've never been here before. Maybe there's something I can get out of here. Something different I can get. And so when you have some disappointment and getting creative, that can solve it. Just never feel shame about capturing a shot you know you've seen before yeah. especially like a piano you're gonna learn that music that awesome song La Campanella if you haven't heard that from List it's awesome you mm. would listen to that and go how is that only two hands and ten fingers it sounds like 30 fingers are playing mm. at the same time mm-hmm. it's incredible and then we have Tyler Reed added he's like trying to replicate an iconic shot really has helped me learn the settings and techniques yeah exactly yep. right yep. I mean you can make it look like that you know you figured out the ISO the aperture the location the composition and the timing of when to be there and that's a lot to master oh yeah yeah I mean just getting your settings and that's the thing is, I, I've seen lots of videos, especially with my Northrop's and stuff like that, saying like, just because you have the same settings doesn't mean you're no, going right. to get the same shot. Like settings can change. Like I can change my settings in three different ways and still get basically the same shot. Right. It isn't going to make me a better photographer just because I learned the settings. But learning those settings is part of the skill of making you a better photographer. So, you know, a lot of people focus on settings. A lot of people focus on just comp. A lot of people, but you're going to need a little bit of each of those skills to really master what you want to do. I mean, you know, take yep. the pictures. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, you're corrected here by Ross. He says it's Black Rock House. You had exactly oh, opposite. Oh, Black Rock House. <laughs> yeah. Cheers, Ross. Thank you very much. <laughs> yeah, it's close. <laughs> it's, the house is white. You know, that's that's, it's that's Black Rock. My head. <laughs> <laughs> it's called Black Rock. Yeah, it's irony. We like to do things differently in Scotland. You know. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No kidding. Um, <laughs> I was I was gonna I was gonna say something slightly slightly off topic with it though, but no, carry on. It's it's. Me as a photographer, so I mean, this is my full-time job, you know, and I split my time between weddings and landscape. And when you're a photographer, it, it's very hard for me to call myself an artist. Mm-hmm. I, I, I struggle. I've always struggled that since the day one of doing photography. I've been doing it for since 2004, 2005 now. You know, I've, I've always struggled calling myself an artist. But with photography, you do suffer from that kind of artistic mood swings, depression, insecurity very very big in the photography industry for me as a landscape photographer i have almost like mood swings like i could wake up tomorrow morning and i'm like i'm not doing this i'm not doing any more landscape everyone's doing it nothing's unique nothing's different (laughs) you know um everyone calls themselves a photographer how can i stand out how can i make money from this you know Mm. and then the next morning i wake up i'm like you know what it makes me a difference is I'm going out there and I'm wanting to create something unique. I want right. to photograph something different. So yes, there's loads of photographers out there and yes, they're doing pretty much the exact same style. And it happened with paintings, you know, over mm. hundreds and hundreds of years, different generations, different styles of, of painting, True. same with photography. And it's, that's just what it is. It just, I like to do something a little bit different and it is, yeah. it's a big struggle. I have in my head. And then when I see so many photographers at one location, I'm like, how can I how can you be unique how can you be a voice and how can you show your work out there and anyone who's been on my Facebook page uh, recently I haven't actually shared I don't think I've shared many pictures from this year actually but I have them in a Mm -hmm. folder and I'm holding on to them just now and I'm waiting and I'm treating it like a project so this is something anyone who's out there that's has this issue of of photographing the same location and and trying to find your creativity and do something different don't just go out, take a picture, come home, edit, put it online. 
you know, absorb it, soak that image in a little bit, savor it, edit a little bit, leave it, edit a little bit, leave it, put it in a folder, come back to it in a month. Do you want to change it again? Take your time with your art. Take your time with your creativity. Because how you feel when you come home from photographing, you know, a, a, a landscape to how you might feel in two months' time is completely different. You know, anyone who's gone back and re-edited images from like two years ago, you do something completely different. You know, right. so take your time with it. Don't rush it. Don't rush to get it online so everyone can see it. Take photographs for yourself. Make sure that you take the time to get it right before you put it online. And that's, I'm actually looking at holding back all my images for almost the whole year. And then this year's images will then get released next year. Wow. Scarcity. Yeah. Scarcity. That's what I did last year. That's what I was doing on purpose. Not <laughs> not having enough time editing my photos, but just I was purposely doing that. <laughs> Ross adds, just on something like the Buchel, Buch, Buchel, Buchlin. 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 Yeah, Buchlin. Yep. What? Something like that. Buchlin Ette. Something like that. And he Buchlin says, I felt like it sort of was a rite of passage as I just thought, mm. as I couldn't class myself as a photographer in Scotland until I had shot it. And I just wanted to do so so I could see it, shoot it myself instead of seeing other people's shots. And mm -hmm. that's true. Yeah. And that's fine. I had yeah. that for horseshoe. I only bend. photographed it last year. That was, I only photographed it last year for the first time. I've been through Glencoe twice. It was raining. That was mm. the first time last year for the video I did for you guys where I actually was there and seen it with my own eyes. You know, and like I say, I've been doing landscapes since 2004. Right. And you just barely became a f photographer then. You just barely for one year, you've been a Scottish photographer because you finally shot it. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Right of passage, as uh, Ross says. <laughs> Tyler Reed adds, good point about the paintings. A lot of great photographers will reference painters as influences before they reference fellow photographers. So they'll mm. see painters as their influence long before they see other fellow photographers as an influence. And I think that's absolutely right. I think it's all an emotional thing and time. Brennan mentioned the settings and going out there and feeling no shame about what you're doing. You guys, there's no shame you should feel if you're doing two things. Going out there with your camera. Oh, okay, what's the other thing? Maybe that's it. You should feel Just no shame. Just go out there. Just, Just go out there with your camera. <laughs> go out there with an open mind. Go out yeah. there with no expectations. Don't. Some people plan. Some people like to plan. I, I don't. I think go out there with a blank canvas. You know, you never know what you're going to get. You never know where you're going to go. Just take your camera. My, so, so what I... I there's a lot across my videos you know before you even get to location don't even get your camera out just sit there with a cup of tea cup of coffee you know some water and just soak in the environment then get your camera out look around with your camera see what looks great and then when you're ready put that camera on the tripod if you're using a tripod if you're yeah yeah in your video, we were actually showing it while you were talking, and you show yourself literally doing that. You're sitting yeah. out there in the Faroe Islands, and you just got a cup of coffee out. Oh, I wish I could find <laughs> it easily, but yeah, I mean, just there's James just sitting there staring, waiting for the I, good I, light. I do. I suck in. Actually, you'll see that in one of the videos that I do for uh, mm -hmm. up in the, um, up in Harris. Actually, there's a little time lapse of me just lying on my back. Camera's set. Camera's there. And I'm just lying there, just just listening to the location and 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 you know, close my eyes for a little bit, wake up and see what's differently. You know, it's it's you know, it's it's how how I see a landscape. And if I find something being too complicated and it's over, just messing my mind up, I literally lie down and just just take a little ten minute nap and then open my eyes again and and you know, see what I see differently. Mm. That's great advice, man, and that's a really good advice to yeah. end on. 
Let's be honest. Let's just end it there with some great advice from, yeah, I'll say it again, sexy-voiced James <laughs> Kelly, Scottish <laughs> man. And it's just, guys, enjoy your hobby. Your yeah. hobby is mm. photography. Don't turn it into a job unless you absolutely have to. And don't turn it into something where you have to reinvent somehow a new photograph of Horseshoe Bend. There's really only so many options there. Those actually, can, can there's add, a lot of options there. It's just you just got to wander around a little fair bit. Fair enough. Yeah, fair enough. There's hundreds of yeah. options. Yep. Yeah. Can I add one more thing? Yeah. Absolutely. Print your photographs. Well, I'd say that. A photograph that. is not a photograph <laughs> until a photograph is not a photograph until it's been printed. Oh my god. Find an amazing printer. An amazing printer. The like best a Canon printer. printer, maybe, that Jeff oh. Peterson just bought? <laughs> I know, I saw that, yeah. No, I mean, like, find, find a good, you know, if you want to print yourself, print yourself, but find a good printer. Find a great paper. Photography does not end when you click that mm. button or when you click the mouse. Your image ends when you have it printed and either up on the wall or archived. Photograph is not a photograph until it's been printed. Well, I can hear Jeff right now cheering and laughing at me because <laughs> I've never taken a photograph then because I still – okay, no, I can't say that. There's some printings over there that we've done. And I printed some for you. Yeah, and you printed some Thanks for Thanks to you, I am a photographer because <laughs> he has printed my stuff. Boxes and boxes. I mean, my printing bill for the year is ridiculous. <laughs> I've just found a new printer in England as well. But, um, you know, I, I'm very, very fussy. I've gone through about four or five printers. Mm. Um and I'm working with another one um, called Photospeed, which is a big, big company here in the UK. They do a lot with independent photographers. So uh, I'm nice. going to be using them now and testing out their new awesome. papers until I can justify buying a new printer. But I had to buy a new um, computer this year. Mm. Well, you that know, too. priorities. Yeah. <laughs> I, <laughs> it, Tyler Reed says that's sage advice. And you know what? Mm. My pictures are not pictures unless they're desktop backgrounds on my iPad. Let's just say that's my printing. <laughs> no, that's no, no, when no, it becomes no, printed no, for me. No, 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 no. A photograph, <laughs> no. And, you know, you, so there's this, there's this whole psychological side of things with printing. When you look at, so we do this, this whole spiel with weddings. Mm. If you look at a picture, for, if a bride's looking at her pictures from a wedding on her iPad, she has a reaction to it. She sees it, she loves it, yeah. But when you hold that print it's in physical. your hand, when you smell that album, when you when you walk past the hallway with that picture on the wall, you could be having a really crap day and you just walk down the stairs and you see that picture of that happiest day of your life or that <laughs> landscape that you were just like, that was such an amazing day. You mm. have that that reaction you get goosebumps i've got goosebumps already but you <laughs> have that whole different psychological reaction to it you know yeah. and this is this is what's dying in, in photography is these yeah. uh, tablets and smartphones are great but they are not there to display your pictures get a book printed get an album printed just mm. do something even if it's a six by four inch print print your photographs well, okay. We're going to have you and Jeff okay. on for a podcast mm -hmm. to celebrate the art of printing. Teach oh, us. because it is. An art, it's very, right? Yeah, it very much is. Yeah. Thanks, James, yeah. for joining us. This was like a last-minute request. We're saying, hey, let's go live for this podcast. We know what we were going to talk about. We have other topics that we could have you know, rambled on about, but having <laughs> James on with us was a so million fantastic. times better. Just nailed it. Pleasure. Pleasure. <laughs> I get passionate. <laughs> and it's easy to get you passionate. Like you yeah, said, yeah. you get going right off the bat, which is why we love you. It's why you're a perfect match, man. So if you guys heard it in the beginning or haven't heard it since you just joined us, we have a Faroe Islands workshop that's coming up in 47 days, and we have open slots. This actual podcast, I wanted to mention it again. Go listen to James on the Photographer's Crack Photographer's crack, not plumber's crack, photographer's crack. Not the ruin. <laughs> you, yeah, you get it online. Type in, you go into iTunes 
um soundcloud type in photographers crack you'll get it on there and we've also got our website now photographerscrack.com nice awesome and you guys can listen to the episode with elise bender she is joining us in the Faroe she islands is. and she's, she's a fantastic, a fantastic. Excited. yeah we're bringing her back her. home when she finished her move she's moving from japan back to america at the moment right. but when she's settled because she's just won a few awards, so we're getting her back on. Oh, yeah? Um, nice. we getting Alistair Hamill back on to talk about the Aurora, and like I said before, we have two huge photographers who have said yes to coming on the podcast. We're just nailing down dates, and, and nice. two, one, one is, uh, they're both kind of, I'm a bit starstruck with both of them, so uh, <laughs> awesome. Awesome. yeah, can't wait. Can't I've got a guess as to one of them. Can I guess, or is it secret? You can You can try. I can try. Um, it is, oh no, now I'm through it. David Dushman. I'm not saying anything. It is him. <laughs> Can't wait for that episode. So then I wanted to remind you guys, join us. Uh, it'd be awesome to have you join us. Faroe Islands, freaking fantastic place. Oh, Come yeah. before it's discovered. Be one of the discoverers of the Faroe Islands and don't be one of those saps that have to come after us and copy our compositions. So <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> and again, don't feel shame if you do. Steve Dunthorne says, sorry if I missed it, but if there's any tips on composition or planning a landscape shoot, well, let's not go away if we have a good question like that. So, James? Steve doesn't need that. He, Steve's, Steve's <laughs> a great photographer. He's, mm. he's just fishing for compliments. <laughs> <laughs> and he's got some. He just wants us to compliment him and say, you don't need any you tips. You don't need it. You're good. You know what? Tips and composition, throw the rule book out. Mm. And honestly, he says... Uh, James says he doesn't plan his shots. He goes out there no. with a blank canvas as a blank canvas and doesn't have a That's set right. plan. I, I usually don't plan a shot because I've never been to... I've been... I mean, I'm so... Um, virgin to so many locations even here in Utah mm -hmm. that I don't even plan a shot until I've been there once sometimes twice and it wasn't like the even the third trip is usually when I'm start thinking about how I'm going to plan my shot after I've been there twice already oh yeah you know I, I really am usually going out with a blank canvas because usually I've never been there before and uh, yeah just excited to go yeah. and check out something new I'll, I'll, I'll give you another tip Steve when you're taking pictures, switch your uh, display in the back off. Don't look at your pictures until you go home. Oh my Treat gosh. it like a film camera. Treat Why? it like a film camera. Mm. Oh my goodness. Treat it like a film camera. You will <laughs> learn. If anyone's learning photography, you will learn quicker mm. using film than you will digital. I and... teach that to all my students. It's true, and it oh, is. And, yeah, and I can believe that. Composition, yeah. like compositions, yeah, it's important, and people give you rules and etc. But you know what? Who cares if you like the image? If you like where that mountain's placed, that tree's placed, it's all that matters mm. don't listen to what anyone else says unless you <laughs> really agree with them but throw the rule book out who cares take a picture the way you want to take it just print it and just print it just print otherwise it. it's not a picture yet you <laughs> suck until exactly you print it. <laughs> exactly it does not exist <laughs> a lot of thumbs ups are popping up there james as you're talking so it's either your sexy voice or it's the sexy tips i don't know which one it is <laughs> thanks again for joining us guys thanks for being a part of episode 87 it's if you guys fun. are listening to it on the podcast audio come back to our facebook page and you can see it live yeah. with us in here with james my pleasure thanks thank for you joining very us, much james. so you guys have a great week yeah See you guys. Same to you. See you yeah. in what, 42 days? 47 days. 47 yep. days. <laughs> yes. Okay, now the podcast is no longer live, but the Facebook page, Facebook feed is. Thanks, guys, for joining us and commenting. We always love it when you comment. Thanks for being a part of this. You guys have been great. For an hour and 23 minutes, James, wow. you've been hanging with us. So thanks for going late on your podcast for us. Another Appreciate thumbs it. Up. That's Thank all right. you. That's all right. They started the podcast without me already, so I'm going to join in now, so it's fine. <laughs> oh, it's really? Fine. They started without you? 
Oh, yeah, well. it's okay though. I told them to. It's fine. It's okay. fine. <laughs> Bring that podcast <laughs> we'll get, we'll, back up to a good quality. We'll get you guys. We need to get you guys both on a podcast together. So I think that's yeah. what we'll do. Let's let's chat about that in the next oh. couple of weeks. Okay. We could do one, and we can talk about full talk adventures again, and we can also talk about workshops. Let's talk about next year. And we and plan on so, doing a live one out there as well. At least one recording out in the Faroe Islands. Oh, yeah. Oh, we're gonna be doing loads. Yeah. yeah oh, right. Yeah. Oh, doing we're At doing loads. Why do you think? That's why why I brought this big. The only thing is, actually, we'll work on that. Um, hopefully, by then, I'll actually have a fairway SIM card when we're out there now because we are seven pound fifty. Don't know what that is in dollars. Um, Pounds. It's probably let's say let's say bucks, let's say like yeah, ten dollars a, a megabyte for four G. Oh. Yeah. Exactly. So I'm gonna be getting a I'm <laughs> gonna be getting anything. a fairway. I'm going to be getting a fairy SIM card so um, for my phone so we can then just um, use that. You think oh, we could go okay. live with that? Because I don't want oh, to yeah, risk yeah. $10 like, a megabyte. No, no, there's 4G everywhere. But when you get a fairy SIM card, it comes right down. You get like, you know, like 20, 30 gig for oh. like 20, 30 pounds oh, okay. or something. Okay. So okay. It's not expensive. It's just when you're coming from another country coming into the fairs it is just really That's really expensive insane. i think i think i worked out like to download a movie was something like twenty two thousand pound or something like that to download a high definition movie yeah so uh, <laughs> yeah I, I got stung once when it was uh, a little bit cheaper than that i got stung and worked out with like a 400 pound uh, phone bill oh, oh my gosh. i'm hurting so, right now cool so yeah text only then okay Hey, James, let's have you on soon and hang out with the guests, with those photographers who are joining us for the adventure. Let's do this with them live. We'll do it on an unlisted YouTube live feed, and we'll talk to them. Yeah, that sounds good. Cool. So we'll set it up with you, man. Cool Hey, have a good night. Bye, guys. Hey, guys, thanks for joining us. You guys enjoy the rest of your work day, and go home and have a good life. Yeah. See you guys. (laughs) See ya.